This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. gentlemen welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas absolutely thrilled you guys are here thank you so much for all of your uh, support and downloading and uh checking out our portal podcasts and thank you for all of the kind words and referrals we've been getting uh as a result it's just really incredible to be uh reaching so many people and to hear the impact that the show is having so thank you guys so much for that uh tonight's show is going to be a great one this is uh a topic that I'm really excited about. It's one that's always absolutely intrigued me and I think is nothing short of absolutely amazing. So we're going to get into some stories tonight that have to do with ghostly phone calls. Now this is a, a, a phenomena that shows up every once in a great while. It's not really common. And even though it's such a rare phenomena, it does happen that people receive phone calls from people they love or knew in life and were really special that have passed away. And um, a lot of times they are very short experiences, but every once in a while something really profound comes through and uh, really seems to illustrate that there are some incredible possibilities going on out there. And again, I think the paranormal is the breadcrumbs, you know, it's the, the, it's demonstrating a dynamic reality that we really just don't understand yet. And so maybe there'll come a day when you can just pick up the phone and call grandma and, and uh, be able to be able to reach out and just, uh, you know, discuss life or whatever. But who knows? But for right now, they do happen. They're very uh, unusual, um, sometimes spooky, but usually 
people leave feeling that something absolutely incredible and nearly miraculous has happened. So let's get into these stories, guys, and we'll see what you guys think of this phenomenon. But this is truly, in, in the ghostly uh, experiences, this is truly one of my favorites. So let's get into it and see what you think. On October 15, three years ago, I and two friends drove to Boise, Idaho, so that I could have open-heart surgery. I needed to have four bypasses done, as my arteries were 90% plugged. When we arrived in Boise, we had to find a motel room to stay in overnight, as I had to be at the hospital at 6 a.m. the next morning, and my mom and brother were also going to be there, but they would arrive a couple of hours later. We found a motel and checked in, and we went to the room and took uh, in our things for the night. We were sitting in the room for about 20 minutes when the phone rang, and my care provider answered it. She got a funny look on her face, and she said the phone was for me. Well, no one knew we were staying, as I hadn't contacted anyone to let them know where we were. But I took the phone, and, and a Spanish-sounding voice on the other end asked if it was me. And I said, yes. And he said, don't have the surgery tomorrow. It's not your turn to die. I was floored. No one that knew I was I was to have surgery had been contacted. I asked, who is this? And he said, it's Oscar. Well, the only person I knew by that name had died the year before of cancer, and I had worked with him at the factory, and he would stop every shift to talk to me. In the background, I could hear hundreds of voices and asked him where he was at, and he said, I'm in between heaven and earth. And then he told me again not to have the surgery, as it was not my turn to die, and the connection went dead. Well, I could hardly believe that this had happened, and I told my friends about the phone call, and I called my brother and told him about the call, and they were still about to, an hour away from Boise, and he knew this friend as he worked in the same factory as, as I did, so he told me that I better take the call seriously, and they would see us in a little while, and we would go eat. We discussed the phone call for over dinner, and my mom and brother both agreed that I'd better talk to my doctor about it, at least about my concern. And the next morning, we went to the hospital just before 6 a.m., and they started getting me ready, and I asked to see my doctor, and they told me he would be there in a few minutes. Well, I looked through the door a few minutes later, and he was pacing back and forth in tight circles in front of my door. Well, then he came in, and before I could tell him what had happened, he said that my surgery had been postponed a week and that the head doctor of the department would be in to see me in a few minutes. When the other doctor came in, he told me that the doctor that was scheduled to do my surgery had lost the last three patients that he had, that he had and they were all from my area. He had rescheduled my surgery for a week later and that he would be the one doing the surgery. One week later, I had the surgery and went through it without any problems. Well, I thank God that he allows our friends to warn us when it's not our turn to die. And I also thank God for giving me a second chance and for giving us friends that care enough to absolutely change the future. And here's another one, ladies and gentlemen. My brother, I'll call him M, took his own life on April 2018. M had been terribly depressed and had not been well for a long time, but despite all that, my younger brother Jay, his wife S, and I did what we could to help him. 
Elma had lived with JNS for over, for about 20 years on a ranch in Oklahoma and eventually passed away there. Four months after M's death and a week before his memorial service in Texas, where he grew up, I got a call from Jay. When I put, picked it up, there was nobody there and the line was dead. I looked at missed calls and saw the call from Jay and another from a number that looked really familiar, but I couldn't remember it right away. Well, I called the number and a girl answered and she sounded like a teenager. And I told her I just missed a call from this number. And when she said that she had not called anyone, I told her I thought I was calling my brother M back. And she replied something like, well, sorry, you called my number, but this is April. And I told her I was sorry and to, to have bothered her and hung up. Well, I called my brother Jay and told him what had happened, and after listening, he said he had tried to call and did not leave a message, and, and Jay said the number I had called April on was M's old number that I had just canceled. He asked me if I remembered a photo of M standing with a beautiful horse in a grassy field that had been taken years ago, and I said, well, I did. Well, Jay told me that that was the first horse M owned in Oklahoma and that her name was April. After hanging up, I checked my call history again, and there was no call received from M's old number, just my call to April. There must have been something to this, but I have no idea what it is. The next one is a friend of mine was on the phone with his girlfriend from Hong Kong, and she was telling him how she received a phone call from a friend of her father looking for her father earlier in the afternoon. Her father wasn't at home at the time, so she quickly took the number down on the caller display and let him know that her father will return the call when he returns. Well, it slipped her mind until she was sitting at the dining room table with her parents, and she realized that she'd forgotten to let her father know that his friend was looking for him. And when she told him the name and the phone number, both her parents looked at each other with a strange look on their faces. Her father asked her if she was certain that this person called and left this number. And she asked why, and her mom said, because this friend of your father had passed away six months ago, and this phone number should have been disconnected already. However, her father insisted on calling the number to find out who it really was, and of course, the phone was disconnected. None of them spoke a word of it after the call, and she proceeded to call my dorm mate in Canada, retelling him what had just happened. I was in his room when this event took place, and my buddy thought that she was just playing a practical joke on him, so he just laughed it off and said, Oh, really? The ghost friend of your father must be bored down there. Uh, that's why he called, and as soon as he said it, we heard a big bang on his wall and static over the phone with a deep voice asking, who are you? My friend asked his girlfriend if she heard it, and she said she didn't hear anything because the phone got cut off for a second. Well, they quickly ended their conversation, and I went to bed after because I did not want to get involved with bad spirits. My friend got sick the next day, and we never brought it up ever again. Oof. This next one's a little longer one, and it says, This story takes place in April of 2003 when I was only 12 years old and I was in grade 7 just getting used to city transit an hour to and from school a cell phone albeit one that's got uh, $5 a month on it to call home if I was ever going to be late for whatever reason 
and real homework, quotation marks, because I have two years of college now, and that is true homework, my friends. Well, let me start by saying that my grandma Doris and I were very close. My sister and I were her favorite grandchildren, and we were spoiled rotten. And my mom hated it, but my grandmother didn't care. In April, my grandmother, my mom's mom, passed away due to her third heart attack, and I was at school. She had unfortunately been babysitting my young cousin at the time, and she just suddenly fell over and would not get up. No one knew she was dead until my aunt called to check up on my cousin, and he told her Grandma fell asleep on the floor and won't get up. My aunt, knowing what had happened, immediately called 911. And when my mom, uh, and then my mom, and my mom had my stepmom pick me up from the bus stop when I finished school, and I didn't know why. Around dinner time, my mom came to get me at my dad's house and told my sister and me that our grandmother had passed away. The medical examiner told us that she had died the instant it struck, giving no warning, no signs. She had been dead before she hit the ground. We were, of course, all expecting that a heart attack would have been the way she'd pass on, but we didn't think it would be so soon, especially since her doctors not only two weeks before had said that she was really doing fantastic. Goes to show you that a heart attack can happen at any time. Dividing up the things in my grandma's will among all of us, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, and I, uh, as I was included in the will, I got my grandma's opal ring and a few other pieces of jewelry of hers that I had loved so very much. As well as the things not included was a somber and heartbreaking task. I had gone to the back of my grandmother's trailer, she lived in a trailer park, to her bedroom to locate the ring that was now mine. I found it, turned around, and saw my grandpa by the closet a few feet from me. Well, he died a few years before my grandmother. Well, I stood there open-mouthed, and he disappeared, just as my mom came into the room looking for me. But I didn't tell my mom about grandpa. Well, fast forward a week to after we had gone through the will and the estate, and my mom was making my sister and I dinner, we were all quiet and obviously sad. I was sitting at the kitchen table doing homework. My back was to my mom, and out of nowhere, the phone rang. My mom and I just looked at each other, and we weren't expecting phone calls. Everyone had called with condolences the first couple of days after my grandmother had passed, and I got up to answer the ringing phone and looked at the caller ID, and it was one of those old ones, one of the earlier ones with uh, separate squares for each number. But they were all colored black, and the ID for the same for the name was just one. And I handed my mom the phone, and she answered it, and all there was was nothing. Not a sound after my mom said hello. Then all of a sudden, the phone fizzled out and abruptly died, leaving us needing a new phone for our house. The kicker? My grandma, who had just passed, had given us the phone. It was only two years old or so. My mom stared blankly at the phone in her hand and then looked at me and smiled. Well, I think that was your grandma calling to say she made it to heaven. We still have this phone in a box somewhere and it still refuses to work. As if the internal workings melted, but they didn't. We've taken the phone apart and by all logical reasons it should still work. I think my grandpa, grandma was trying to 
put forth so much energy into saying something to my mom through our phone that she ended up accidentally destroying it instead. <laughs> For about the next couple of weeks, we would see our two cats staring off into space, chatting at the air, typical cat sees ghost behavior, and we thought they were just talking to my grandmother. They never, they never seemed scared, just chatty. And they would bat at the walls as if there was, and there was nothing there, no lights, no bugs. Like they were playing with an invisible one of those feather batons you can buy. My mom to this very day swears that my grandmother called us to say hello with a phone call from beyond the grave. This one is a pretty good one. I like this one a lot. It's very poignant. This didn't happen to me, but it happened to my dad, and he still can't explain it to this very day. I have two older siblings, including a brother that is five years older than me. When my brother Billy was about 14 or 15, he was on the swim team at the high school, and he had a best friend, Dusty, whom he'd been best friends with since they were babies. Our parents and his parents were also really good friends, and our dads worked together. These two, however, were, were just inseparable. If you ever couldn't find one of them, your first thought was to figure out where the other one was. My family was driving home one night from a swim meet that my brother was in, and he was on the bus driving home as well, but Dusty was not a swimmer, and, and he was at home. A man that my dad worked with called our car phone, and this is before cell phones. The conversation soon became very sad, and you could tell that my dad had become very, very upset over something. I was in the back seat with my sister, watching as my mom continually asked him, What? What is it? What happened? After he hangs up, he tells us that Dusty had hanged himself, and he had died. It was a very sad time after that, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'll never forget hearing my brother's cries when they told him after we met him at the school to take him home. A few weeks later, after things have sort of calmed down, my dad is laying in bed and about to fall asleep, and the phone next to his bed rings. Well, he picks it up. Dusty continually called our house asking for Billy. My dad immediately recognized the voice as his. The conversation, as best as I can remember, went something like this. Is Billy there? Uh, no, he's not here right now. Dusty, is that you? Is he okay? Yeah, he's doing okay. He's doing all right. And that was the end of it. My dad is a huge skeptic and wouldn't make up a story like this. He swears to this day, though, that it was Dusty that called him that night. So the next story is, I'm a 30-year-old insurance adjuster who has both law enforcement and military experience. and I've always believed in ghosts and I've always had an interest in ghost stories paranormal television shows and all that, but until recently, I can't say I've had a definitive experience. While I was on my way to inspect an insurance claim uh, in a big old Victorian house in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and as part of our protocol, we always call the homeowner when we're about a half hour away to make sure that they remembered the appointment and will be ready for us and that they're home and all that other stuff, so I had the home phone number and the cell phone number of our insured client for this claim and called the home phone first. A very strange-sounding voice answered, and I couldn't tell if this person was a child or a very old woman. It had this raspy, high-pitched, odd-sounding voice. Do a Google or YouTube, YouTube search for 
Sophie Maslow, former mayor of Pittsburgh, and you'll hear exactly the type of voice I'm referring to. There was a lot of static, and it was just weird. Well, anyway, this voice on the other se- the other end sounded very confused and could barely hear me, and we went back and forth with the, hello, can you hear me? Barely, can you hear me? Hello? Etc. for about 30 seconds trying to communicate until I gave up. I thought we might have had a bad connection, so I hung up and called back, and this time the call went into voicemail, which was your standard, you've reached, dot, you know, number, 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 robot voicemail, and I called the cell phone and that I had in file and re- received that voicemail as well. When I arrived, there was nobody home, and I knocked on the door several times, rang the doorbell, stood around for a few minutes, called both phones again and received, vo- received voicemail and started walking back to the car, and as I'm getting into my car, the homeowner does show up. The homeowner is a normal-speaking woman in her mid-30s, and she apologizes that she missed my calls and told me she was in a hair appointment, and I told her that I had spoken to someone at her house on the landline, but we had a really hard time understanding each other. She got a very concerned look on her face and tells me, well, you must have called the wrong number because nobody else is home. So I look at my phone and I recite back the number to her that I called, which was, in fact, the correct number. So we go into her home and she looks at the caller ID on her landline, and sure enough, my calls showed up on caller ID. There were two missed calls for the times when I called and received the voicemail, and then there was the received call. At this point, the homeowner breaks down and she tells me, I've been telling my husband for months now, ever since we moved in, that this place is haunted, and he doesn't believe me. She is so upset, she's shaking, and had to leave the house, and I explained to her that I don't know what happened, all I know is I called and briefly spoke with someone, and she thought maybe I called and got the voicemail and confused that for speaking with someone, but the voicemail clearly was not a strange-sounding voice saying, hello, can you hear me, repeatedly. The caller ID also showed received calls versus missed calls, and the first call from my number was showing as a received call. I asked her if maybe someone had broken into her house and if we should call the police, and she didn't want to do that, so I checked all the doors and windows of the house, and they all seemed secure. She also had a security system that she had to disarm when we entered, and that had not gone off, so the kids were at school, her husband was at work, and she claims Nobody else would have any reason to go into her house during the day. She even called a few people to confirm nobody had been at the house. Well, at this point, I'm pretty freaked out. And, of course, the damage for her insurance claim was in in the creepy-as-hell basement (laughs) where I had to go down by myself. Nothing else unusual happened, but when I left, the homeowner would still not go into the house by herself and told me she was going to call her mother for the rest of the day. Uh, going to her mother's for the rest of the day, and she asked me repeatedly if her husband put me up to this or if I had really called the wrong number uh, or think the lines may have been crossed. I just wanted to calm her down and told her the lines were probably crossed, and but I have no idea if that's even possible anymore. The bottom line is that I called this house and received a very strange-sounding person on the other end of the line when nobody was home. The caller ID verified that I had called the house at the time and the call that the call was, was received. But nobody was there. The house was secure with an active security system. Also, what made this strange was that 
the homeowner stated she had previous reason to believe the house was haunted. I never told her what the person on the other end of the phone sounded like. And when I asked her why she thinks the house is haunted, she tells me that she has heard an old lady's voice talking in the house when nobody else is home. This isn't the definitive ghost experience I've been looking for, as I'm sure there are a variety of possibilities as to what could have happened. But this is enough to keep my interest very much alive. Okay, guys, so this is probably a great place for us to take a quick break and try to pay some bills here. So uh, don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast and these haunted phone calls. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. back and back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast and uh, uh thank you so much for being here with me we are going through stories of uh, ghostly phone calls and i think that these are absolutely phenomenal um it just really demonstrates some incredible possibilities and that to me uh really seems to indicate that uh our reality is not quite as rigid and fixed as we may like to believe that perhaps it's much more fluid and there are a lot of possibilities available to us that we have not even considered yet. So it's just kind of encouraging that there's still a lot of mystery in this world. There's still a lot that we got to figure out. So uh, I think it's I think it's wonderful. So anyway, let's get into some more of these uh, incredible uh, encounters. Here's the next story. It's this happened to me. I had a childhood friend, Shine, and we studied until the eighth grade together in the same school. And then she shifted to another school. Well, life moved on, and we used to keep in touch through phone for a time. And then I left and moved to India for my graduation. And we used to write letters, which also died down slowly. And after marriage, I came back to the UAE. And then again, I got in touch with her. Then for a few years, there wasn't any calls. And then after some years of a gap, she called me to my landline, and we started talking again. Then while talking, we used to talk about the school days, all of our crushes and all that stuff. And her mom is a nurse in a hospital and every time, so most of the time she's alone at home. And so while talking, we, we thought it's been years and we haven't met, so let's meet. So we planned to meet. And since my parents stay in the same city as her, I said, look, I'll travel and, and I'll meet you. 
So on the weekend, my husband dropped me off at my parents' home, and the next day we were supposed to meet. So in order to confirm and ask her where her house is, I called her up uh, on the landline only, and it's her mom who took the line, and here's the following conversation. Hi, can I talk to Shine, please? Well, there was silence, and she, my friend's mom, handed the phone over to someone else, and I said, Hi, I'm Shine's friend. Can I talk to her? Now the receiver is taken by my friend's younger sister, and she was silent, and then she said, Shine passed away three days ago. Well, I was really shocked and asked her what had happened to her and how did it happen, and she said Shine was in a coma for three months, and she was in the hospital uh, completely, and then she passed away three days ago. I passed on my condolences and said I was so sorry to hear this, and I don't remember what else I said, but at this time I was making some tea for my dad, and my hands started shaking, and then I just sat down in the kitchen near the kitchen cabinet, and I was thinking, if she was in a coma, how did she ever call me and all of that? This made no sense, and I was so scared and so scared that I didn't call again, nor did I want did I go to meet her sister or her mom? And my dad, seeing my face, was asking me what happened. I told him everything that happened, and my dad is someone who does not believe in the paranormal and things like that, so he brushed it all aside and said, maybe your friend committed suicide and to cover it up there, saying she was in a coma and passed away, so don't get too scared and all. And I was really shaky and crying. And Although I thought about what my dad had told me, at least at the time, it made it me okay, but I never understood how she just started calling me suddenly after many years, and it was for these three months only, and we used to talk about school stuff and all that. I honestly believe, since she was my best friend, she tried to talk to me, but while talking, she was happy talking with me. Wow. So, what an incredible story. This woman was in a coma but somehow was able to call her friend. And they had co uh, cohesive uh, discussions about their lives and their experiences together and, and how much they missed each other. And, and then to, to go and find all of that out, how, I mean, of course, it's very, very tragic, but it's also very beautiful. And I, I just find that so absolutely amazing. Here's one coming from Indonesia, and this is uh, kind of a cool one. It said, it's been six months since I started uh, my job as a guest relation officer in, in Bali, and this happened on May 2nd. Uh, a day before, I welcomed a, gr a group of Chinese guests, three guys and two girls, and they all booked two villas, and they were the only group of guests we had that week. Well, on May 2nd, they were gone pretty early, and picked up by driving company at 7 a.m., and I did my job for the day, and since it was the low season, by noon I've pretty much run out of things to do. So I retired to my office upstairs for lunch and rest and everything else. And Around 2.30 p.m., my head butler called my office saying a guest wanted to speak with me, and he didn't say the villa name, so I had no clue about it, and he asked about afternoon tea and all. So I suggested he took a look at our menu and... When he decided what he wanted, we could give him a call, could give us a call back. Then I asked his villa name, and we'll just call it Villa, villa A, 
for discretion's sake, and the villa was located next to our restaurant. Well, after making sure he was the group guests that checked in the day before, I hung up. Fifteen minutes later, and still no call back, so I, I took the initiative to call his villa, but there was no answer. Two more calls in ten minutes, still no answer, and I called the other villa, no answer there either, and then it struck me the guests were supposedly out. Well, I called our reception asking them to check the keys, and our villa guests uh, who go out must leave their key in the reception, and it's quite big and heavy, and we want to make sure they don't lose it. So the first shock, the keys are all still in the reception, meaning they hadn't been back yet. Oh, well, I thought maybe one of them was feeling unwell and left alone, but the head butler uh, reacted with something akin to fear. So I went down and proceeded to check the villas. I knocked many times, but no one opened the door. Then two housekeeping staff happened to pass, so I asked if they had been cleaning the rooms, and they confirmed they had just done a turndown service for those two villas, and they were empty. But my second shock was this. In the end, I took both keys and entered the villas to check myself. They were empty. There was not a soul present. Now, when guests call us in the reception, our phone will show the extension number letting us know which guest is giving a call. And this is important so we can greet them by name and create a familiar feeling. And besides, we are small villas here. Our complex only consists of 19 villas altogether. The head butler confirmed that the call was coming from inside Villa A, not from outside or any other villas. Just to make sure, I called the other Chinese guests, but none of them made that call. And I'm sure of this because the voice who gave me that call was heavy and very masculine. One guest had very light voice, and the other was, was still out at the spa doing a massage, and the other was in the restaurant. Now, it couldn't be our guests because they were all out, five of them. It couldn't be my friend playing some stupid pranks on me because he spoke Chinese, but I was the only Chinese-speaking staff. So it couldn't be another guest entering the wrong room because the gate was locked and the key was kept in our reception. It couldn't be the telephone machine messed up because he clearly said where he was as well. My head butler was so afraid that day because just a few weeks ago, other guests also experienced something very strange in that room, like the safety deposit box was unlocked by itself and a presence hovering nearby when they slept. Until now, I'm still baffled by this. Who the hell gave me a call from that empty room? So this one's coming from the Philippines, and it says, uh, This happened when my sister was admitted to the hospital, and I was left alone at home. It was my first time being alone for the night in the house, and my parents have to accompany my sister in the hospital, and they don't want me to go with them because I have exams the following day. My night in the house was okay, except for the fact that I keep on worrying about my sister. When you're alone in some places in the night, you can't really help but think whether there are, are other creatures out there. But when we still had our maid, she once told me that during the wee hours of the morning, when everybody was still, still sound asleep, someone would twist the knob of her room, which is now my room, as if trying to answer and enter inside. Unfortunately, she always keeps the door, or fortunately rather, she always keeps the door locked. She also had accounted uh, many things, times of hearing things in the kitchen being moved whenever she was already in her room and is about to sleep. My uncle also, who spent some time in our 
house saw people that were not meant to be there. And as you can see, people who experience these paranormal things are those who tempor only temporarily resided in our house. I'm a sleep paralysis prone person. And there was one time I've experienced it consecutively, maybe because I was too stressed during that time. Usually whenever this kind of paralysis occurs, I will be only in a half state of sleep and half state awake. And I can see the things around me, but I can't seem to move my body. And there was one event, though, that bothered me the most. I was experiencing sleep paralysis when I heard someone in a girl's voice laughing, and it seems that she's on the side of my bed, and that scared the hell out of me because it was the first time that something or someone has was in my room when I was having the sleep paralysis. When I researched further through the though about the sleep paralysis, according to a certain article, people who experience it usually hallucinate about the presence of a paranormal things while in that state. The night went fine, or so I thought. The following day, while in the hospital visiting my sister, my father asked me whether our neighbor slept over in the house. Maybe he thought that I would have had our neighbor company uh, accompany me during the night because it's my first time being left alone. And when I told him that I managed to be home by myself, he became confused because he said that when he called this morning, I answered my phone. However, I wasn't answering him. He also added that someone just kept on laughing in the background. And he soon assumed then that I accidentally pressed the answer button and that the one laughing in the background was our girl neighbor. I then checked my phone to see if he was just bluffing things just to scare me, but there was a call in my register, and I really received a call from my dad just this morning, and I'm sure that I was still asleep during this time. I could not have accidentally answered it, too, because my phone is a meter away from my bed. My dad, realizing that I really was alone, accompanied me home afterwards, and I'm really sure that the two of us realized that someone answered the phone for me. Do you think the laughing girl from my sleep paralysis was the one who came afterwards uh, uh, was the same being? So that is just creepy. So that sleep paralysis heard this laughing girl and the father had apparently called and the phone answered itself. And the father also heard the laughing. So that kind of moves it out of the realm of just the medical uh, explanation for sleep paralysis, I would think. That's just horrible. A sleep paralysis is just a, a terrible phenomenon, of course, too. That's just an uh, incredibly uh, helpless feeling. Now, sometimes the, the phone phenomena is more of just a haunting presence. It's not uh, always where a spirit answers the phone or, or calls from a phone, but uh, this one seems to be one of those cases. But let's see what this one says. Says, I can't specifically say how long this has been going on, but I do know that I'm the only person ever to hear it. Oftentimes I'll be sitting watching TV or working on my laptop, and out of nowhere I'll suddenly hear a very old-fashioned phone ringing. Well, I know it's old-fashioned because it sounds exactly like an old phone we used to own, but, you know, the ones with the curly cords and the very specific ringing sound, the ones you could slam down in anger to cut the call? Yeah, it sounds like one of those. No one else in the house, including the cat, is, <laughs> including the cat, has heard it. And I even made a point to mute the TV volume once while I was hearing it and said, Hey, can you hear that? 
Nope, nothing, not a zilch. No one could hear it except me. What's that all about? It doesn't sound close, and it doesn't sound as if it's even in the house. It sounds as if it's coming from somewhere, but I don't know where. The walls aren't really that thin for me to be able to hear the neighbor's phones ringing, and the neighbor on the other side doesn't even own a phone for one to be able to ring, and obviously a house phone wouldn't be outside, so I'm perplexed as to where the sound is originating from and why I'm the only person able to hear it. My only two guesses are as follows. It's that I'm hearing something residual replaying itself in a loop, like a broken record, except it only happens when the conditions for said residual uh, energy are playing to play are correct. Or second, that I'm hearing it ringing from another timeline, alternative universe, which seems a little far-fetched. Any any ideas? Because I'm absolutely stumped. Yeah, that's a little different. Uh, and that's a, an auditory phenomena, and it's hard to say. It could be any any or all of the same reasons. I don't know. That's really creepy, though. This one is coming from Canada. It says, over the past three nights, I've had the same recurring and very odd calls on my cell phone. The first happened early in the morning at 4.32 a.m. on the morning of October 16th, 2010. I was lying in bed sleeping with my phone on, placed beside me on the nightstand. As I was on call for work and at the above-mentioned time, my, f my, my cell phone, a BlackBerry 8350i, rang three times, so I struggled to find the phone in the darkness, but did flip it over and look, and it was as if no one had called. Usually two notifying icons light up on, with every call. Well, I woke my girlfriend and asked her if she had heard it ring, and she had, yet there was no record of any incoming call, message, or anything on the phone. I had the phone for about two years, and this has never happened. The ring was distinctly the BlackBerry light speed notifier, the ringtone I always use when my phone is set up for normal ring. We joked about it being weird uh, during the day as we had just recently returned from New Hampshire's The Spalding Inn, where we attempted some novice ghost hunting as it was supposed to be a haunted hotel. Later that night, I set my phone beside my bed again at 3.03 a.m. Again, the phone rang three times in a row with the light speed ringtone. I was shocked. My girlfriend heard it again this time as well. Again, there's no sign or record on the phone of any incoming call at all. No messages, icons, alerts, or anything. I got up a few hours later and called my cell phone from the home phone to see if it was working all right, and the phone rang, and it was a, uh, the BB Pro one ring tone. And I remembered uh, at that moment that I had set the phone to the loud setting earlier the night before, and that this setting had a different ringtone than when set to normal. A shiver ran down my spine, realizing that not only did my phone ring the second night in a row without a trace of the call on the phone, but it rang a ringtone that it was not even set to. Whew. Going to bed on the 17th last night as I write this, I really wondered if it would happen again at 3.13 a.m. on October 18th with my phone set to the exact same as the night before, the phone rang again three times with the light speed ringtone. This time I picked it up in between the second and third rings and looked at the face of the phone, and it looked as if there was no incoming call at all. Yet for the third night in a row, it rang three times with the same ringtone. Again, there was no indication on the phone of any calls at all, and the last two nights weren't even set to that tone. Tonight I'm not on call, but I'm going to leave my phone 
on set to normal and see if it happens again. My phone has never done this, but these three nights in a row so far, uh, has anyone ever heard of this kind of thing before? I'm not sure it's a ghost, but I really do think that it is. I'd appreciate your comments or suggestions. Seems like maybe you brought something with you <laughs> back from your ghost hunting. Um, that's a real that's a real concern, of course, ladies and gentlemen. When you go out ghost hunting, uh, is that, and especially people that aren't really familiar with what they're doing, um, it's really important to close your investigation, and I mean that in a very spiritual sense. Like you got to close the permissions to make contact. You've got to, you know, very clearly uh, state that this was the end of the investigation. You're not allowed to follow me. You're not allowed to contact me anymore. This is now done. You must stay here and I'm going to return to my home and uh, you are not allowed to follow me. Uh, you know, those kind of things. You got to make statements uh, to that fact and, and close with a prayer or close with something spiritual to uh, ask for help from higher beings to sever any connections that were made. So uh, I'm probably betting, I'm, I'm just guessing, but uh, it seems to me that they probably got something hanging on for a few days. And that's not uncommon in ghost hunting, ladies and gentlemen, that a, a, a presence will, will follow you home and maybe linger for a few days or a week, and, and then it'll just kind of fade out and uh, return to wherever it came from, I guess. But very curious nonetheless. So great story, though. All right, now <laughs> let me look at this one first. Uh, I think I'll read this one first, and then maybe the last one, the last. I got to proofread the, that the one I almost just read because got to make sure that it's not flaky. All right, so this one is from California, and it was just last year. It says my father passed away on May 2006 due to complication with diabetes, and he'd been fighting an infection in one of his feet for several months, and. He went to see a lot of doctors in the hopes that they would be able to save his leg, and unfortunately they were not able to save the leg, and it ended up being amputated. Well, after the surgery to remove his leg, my dad was never the same. He was constantly depressed, in a bad mood, a completely different person. Well, he passed away seven months later. I and other family, members of the family experienced several unexplained incidents around this time of his passing, both before, during, and after. And this is just one of those incidents that I myself experienced when I was absolutely alone. Maybe five or six months after he passed, I was going through some cupboards in the kitchen looking for, a, I don't remember what, when I found a little blue cell phone that used to belong to my mom. She had purchased a new one about a year before and gave that to my five-year-old daughter to play around with. I thought it was a pretty cute phone to be stored away without being used, so I started pushing buttons and was able to get it to turn on. I'm not sure what button I pressed that I suddenly heard my mom's voice coming from the speaker that said, Hold on, let me have you speak to him. Now, I heard my dad's voice talking in that happy, carefree voice he used to have, saying, I'm feeling so much better now. There's no more pain. I can walk again. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Well, my heart skipped a beat, and I had tears running down my face. I hugged the phone to my chest as if I was holding him and just went down on my knees crying. After a few minutes, I got up and went to my bedroom, taking the phone with me. I needed to hear his voice again, so I sat on the bed and started pushing buttons to get that recording back. But the phone was dead. I ran around looking for a charger that would fit that phone, and 
I was dumping the contents of drawers looking for the cable like a crazy woman, and later I was able to get the phone charged, and no matter what I did, I was never able to get that recording back. I asked my mom if she remembers ever having or hearing that conversation since I heard her on the phone too, and she says she doesn't remember and doesn't know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not saying that my dad recorded that message from the grave. I think he could have been talking to a family member when he was alive, and somehow that part got recorded, and all I can say for sure is that the message was received exactly when it was needed the most. So is that paranormal? I think so. And the reason I think so is not because for sure it was a ghostly thing, but for sure it was recorded and was replayed to somebody that desperately needed to hear that he was fine. And so even though the methodology by which it maybe those words were recorded was not paranormal, the fact that they played back at that moment was absolutely amazing. So... I think that's absolutely beautiful, and I hope you guys enjoyed that one, too. All right, and I got one more here, and this one's coming from California. Uh, this incident took place in Los Angeles, California. I had purchased a new cell phone in late 2007, and I'd say a few months afterwards. In the beginning of 2008 was when I believe a demon briefly took up residence in it. I just returned home from running a few errands and I set my phone down on the dresser in my room and I turned the, on the TV and began watching when something distracted me for a moment. A small black cloud-looking substance, small enough to fit in the palm of my hand, hovered into the, the room over my phone and then disappeared into it. I didn't pay any attention to it, thinking it was just glare or something, so I went on with my day and, well, from that moment on, I started having problems with my phone. I had a hard time reaching people when I wanted to reach, as I would get a lot of static when I tried calling out, and where I would often get calls from family, friends, and acquaintances, and all these calls had stopped, no one would call me, and I never got any missed call messages on my phone. And this went on for about one or two weeks, when one day, out of the blue, my sister called me. When I answered, she said, Maya. And I said, yeah. She seemed concerned, but she didn't say anything. She just went on with a normal conversation. The other people started calling and telling me that they had been trying to call me for the last several days, but just couldn't get through. Well, I blew it off, blaming it on bad reception or something, but then I got a call from an editor I'd been working with on a project, and she too complained about not getting through, but then she, she said something that really got my attention. She said that one of the times she tried to call me, an ugly, demonic-sounding voice answered, saying, Maya's not here today. And she said it kept saying it over and over and over until the phone went dead. I replied, what? I still didn't believe it until it hit me. I thought back to that day that I saw a sliver of a black smoke-looking thing zip into my phone. I put two and two together and knew... That must have been a demon. I guess it finally moved on, and that's what allowed the calls to break through. To this day, I wonder what it was saying to people when, when they'd try to call. It must have been scaring them off. My friends and family never came out about it. I got the feeling they'd rather not. 
That is absolutely creepy, ladies and gentlemen. The capital C R E E P Y. <laughs> Not that I needed to spell it for you, but I thought that just fit. So that was me being a little bit dramatic. But yeah, that's that's horrible. Um, I do believe spirits can totally interface with electronics. I've never heard a story like that before in all the years I've been researching the paranormal. Though I got to tell you, that's that's incredibly unusual. But then again, she maybe is the only one to ever have seen it happen. Like, you know, how many of us would pay attention to a small shadow in a room? Probably most of us would glance right over it, but this person saw it and saw it go into the phone. And then sure enough, the phone goes to hell for a while. So I guess it finally moved out. It had enough or whatever that, (laughs) whatever that stay was for. Um, But yeah, really, really, really creepy. But anyway, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode, and thank you so much for all the love and support, again, that you all have been giving us here on the Paranormal Portal. Don and I are absolutely tickled uh, and uh, so pleased to be getting all the wonderful comments and and, uh, feedback uh, from you all, and thank you so much. Uh, If you like what you're hearing on the Paranormal Portal podcast, please head over to iTunes. Give us a good rating, because it definitely will help promote the portal for other people to hear. you know, that's that's kind of how those things work is that if you get a lot of good feedback, then uh, I guess that, that boosts their confidence to recommend it to to others. So uh, if you like it, definitely do that. If you don't like what you're hearing, then uh, never mind. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> that joke's getting a little tired, but I kind of mean it, though, too. I mean, if you don't like it, I'd rather you didn't, uh, you know, <laughs> destroy my parade. But anyway, guys, we love you. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here and being a part of it. Uh, Thank you all. Uh, Keep uh, following us on Facebook if you haven't already. Uh, You can find us over at facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio. You can email us an account of your own if you'd like to share something you've experienced. And you can do that by emailing paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. So paranormalportalradio is all one word at gmail.com. Definitely f- check us out on uh, YouTube and subscribe and like our, our videos over there. Uh, every day, seven days a week, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we do a live uh, paranormal portal over there. So uh, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. And uh, we're on Twitter, too. Thank you. We finally <laughs> we finally cleared 100, 100 followers on Twitter. So love you guys so much. Thank you uh, for those of you who came over and supporting us there. There's not a lot going on us. You know, for us on Twitter, but uh, there, you know, hopefully there will be. I'm just not a very good tweeter, so I'm working on that. But uh, anyway, guys, love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can. Good night, everybody.
sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Barton, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.